I dropped out of high school going physically and I did, I finished my last year online so I could work full time as a 17 year old. So, and then my first job was at McDonald's. So I was working 40 hours while finishing my high school. You're listening to Now What? A podcast where we celebrate the human spirit by sharing stories of strength and resilience. For those going through hard times or looking to get inspired to change their own life, we're your hosts, Jen and Tisha. Hi, and welcome back to Now What? I'm Jen. And I'm Tisha. Today we are being joined by Andrea, who I follow on Instagram, but she also applied to be on the show, which is always exciting for us when we get those applications. We love them, so keep them coming in. And we thought, you know, she had an interesting story that kind of has a lot of layers to it, as we all have these layers in our story. And we invited her to come and be on the podcast and share her story with you today. So hi, Andrea. Hi, welcome. Hi, thank you ladies for having me. So excited to be here. Yay. We love it. Yes. (laughs) Thanks so much for applying and being here. And all I've told them about you so far is your name. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, definitely. So first off, thank you for having me. So my name is Andrea. And I am so many things. Currently, I co-own a Mexican food restaurant with my mom. That is like my day job type thing. Um, And then I started off Instagram doing like budgeting stuff like as a hobby. And it just kind of evolved into my coaching business. Um, I've been coaching for about a year now. And it's been super exciting um, diving into that. But I, well, I was a teenage mom early on, so I got pregnant at the age of 16, and then while I was, I finished high school, I went through all my high school while I was pregnant, and after I had my first child, and then after graduating, I moved in with, like, the baby dad, and things were going all right, I guess. Growing up, I was, like, in a middle middle class. It wasn't, I wasn't like struggling, but I wasn't like, we weren't high high class. So we were in the middle class. My mom owned her own business since I was like a year old. So I've always been a part of this kind of like entrepreneurial type thing. Like, and my mom wore the pants in the family. So I always saw her just step up. Right. And she was just always there on point doing everything. So taking control of it all. Yeah. Yeah. So she was a huge influence. She still is a huge influence in my life and my biggest mentor. So, you know, I was always like a really good kid, always had great grades. And then obviously I got pregnant at 16, which was kind of a disappointment to her. I dropped out of high school going physically and I did I finished my last year online so I could work full time as a 17 year old. So, and then my first job was at McDonald's. I didn't want to work at the restaurant with her for some, for some reason. Yeah. But wanted to be independent. Yeah. Teenagers want to (laughs) be. Right. I just wanted to like do my own thing. So I was working 40 hours while finishing my high school. And then I guess back, I kind of got a little ahead of myself. So after I graduated, I moved in with the baby daddy and at 19, I became pregnant again, um, which was still a little bit of a disappointment to my mom because we weren't married or anything. I was still young. It's still pretty young. 
Um, and now I had two kids. And so I don't know, I just kept trying to move forward. I went, I was going to like community college and then all of a sudden he passes away. The baby daddy passes away and it was just like very, he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. He wasn't like sick or anything. I guess it was kind of like an accident. Yeah. He was kind of a little bit like from the wrong side of the track sort of, which is why my mom kind of disapproved of him. Mm -hmm. Um, And so yeah, that happened. I mean, I cannot, um, I mean, I'm trying to imagine, but you're so young. I don't know if you know that Jen is also uh, widowed, but. But we, um, we had like our home and a house and, and there was some level of being settled. And I can't imagine at 19 yeah. working at McDonald's, you are, you were still working to like get to a settled place, I'd imagine. Yeah, definitely. At one point, he was working like three jobs, like just trying to help make things meet. So yeah, support your little family. Yeah, when I got when we both got out of high school and moved into our own little home, we were lower class, like we were struggling because it was just us trying to make ends meet. And then plus these two kids. So um, it was hard. We were on like, you know, we had food stamps, we had like government health insurance, we were on all these things. So yeah, basically just trying to figure out how to be adult. And yeah, that that situation happened. So and then suddenly you're doing that on your own without your partner, without that, that support, right? Oh, yeah, it was definitely a lot. Um, he was like my high school sweetheart. So we were together for like eight years when he passed and my kids were, one had just turned four, like a couple of days before. And then the baby was eight months old. Oh my God. And then we were both 20 at that, at that time. Yeah. So it was crazy. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just I had to move in with my mom for a while because I just could not on my own. And then since we were living together, like all his stuff was here and whatnot. And so just having my mom's support um, and just try and get over everything. There was a lot of investigations going on and trying to figure out what had happened, who'd done it. So it was very raw for like a few months. I mean, more than a few months after that, but like still like digging deep into it all the time yeah like there's an investigation happening which is then really like I like must be just so in your face all of the time yeah right it was yeah just like constant questions and news people um so you're like I'm just trying to grieve over here (laughs) and raise my babies yeah, one part of me wanted to like keep going and try and figure out what happened, you know, what, who did this, we kind of know who did it, but nothing was ever done about it. So that's what was super frustrating about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part of me wanted to like continue on. But at a certain point, I just had to say, like, I, I have to like, stop and move on and keep going. Um, instead of like living in this, like, whole I guess just the very depressive yeah yeah um well yeah and I I just think when you're in grief and you're you're dealing with that and and then it's the kind of situation where 
someone is at fault, like that, that just has to be, I mean, just, it's like another layer on top of what you're already dealing with when you're dealing with losing a partner. It's yeah, still definitely. So how did you kind of like, once you, you made that call to kind of not stay in that place, how did, how did you move forward from there? Um, I just remember trying to like fill my schedule up. I just wanted to keep busy, keep my mind busy, keep my kids busy. I think I, I re-enrolled in community college. So I was taking more classes. At that point, I wasn't at McDonald's anymore. I was now like waitressing at my mom's restaurant. So I was being a little more involved there. Um, and I had signed up my kids for everything. It was dance, swim, anything we could do to like spend time doing productive things. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my strategy. I don't know if I like put too much on myself or something, but I just tried to like stay busy. I think that's a really common strategy that people employ is just like, keep really busy, keep going one foot in front of the other and don't, don't think about it right? If I don't stop, I don't have to process it. I don't have to feel it. I don't have to deal with all of it. I can just like keep just power through life. I have been there. <laughs> um, and I think it's, it's, it's really common. Well, I feel like I was doing that because it's only been two years since um, my husband died. And initially it was like back to school, busy life. And then COVID hit. And even through that, I still managed to stay pretty busy up until like, probably in November, like right around Thanksgiving, I was like, and then everything for whatever reason slowed down. I feel like Ontario shut back down again. And that's when it like hit me hard. You know, like when you kind of stop, I think that's why you you go to keep busy, right? So you don't have to be there in that place. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then in your case, you were just kind of forced, Jen, to just stop. You had no choice really, right? I know I didn't have a choice. <laughs> Hard to keep busy when you can't leave the house. <laughs> when you can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So I get that strategy, the keep busy strategy. Mm-hmm. So you filled up your schedule. Yeah. So I filled up my schedule. Everyone was doing the things. And then also, you know, trying to keep my kids. Because I, at the beginning, I, didn't really tell him, you know, obviously I told him, you know, your dad's not here anymore. Um, I never, still haven't gone into details with them yet just because of like what happened. So yeah, we were just chugging along and doing our thing. And then, yeah, it, it took five years for me to like see someone else um, because I was really attached to him and just like, I had all his stuff still around the house. Like I hadn't touched or moved a thing. Okay. And then, so I started seeing other people, which I felt like horrible at that time for, you know, like, oh. Like you felt guilty? Yeah. I was like, this guy was like my partner. And now I like, kind of like shoved him out of the way and just started seeing other people. I don't know. It was still weird to me. I tried to like get going back with that anyway. So um, I met my now husband um, at work at my job. He was a regular, so I would wait on him. And yeah, things that's how just... I met my husband. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was so funny. I was his waitress. He was a regular. <laughs> it's a great way to meet people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I meet a lot of people that way. 
Yeah. So <laughs> it was funny. Um, oh, my coworker, which was my best friend at that time, she like saw on Snapchat or something, someone had posted a picture of him. And she was like, isn't this the guy that comes in all the time, like talks to you or something? And I was like, oh, yeah, he's kind of cute or whatever. So our friends like hooked us up on a first date. And yeah, we've been together for three years now. And we just got married. Yes. <laughs> but get, yes. Yay. Thank you. Getting a little ahead of myself. So um, I started dating him. And he moved in quickly. And like I said, I still had all the other guy's stuff. So he was like, um, you know, if I'm going to be moving in and being here, like, you got to take this stuff out. Um, so it was a little, yeah, it was a little hard. I, yeah, I think when you kind of have to go through things and look at like getting rid of these things that you've been holding on to there can be a lot of emotions involved with that um I'm really big on decluttering but I and I've definitely had a lot of experiences where as I'm going through things and I'm getting rid of them that I have this real sort of emotional response to that right because as you said, you didn't really go through his stuff. You didn't really touch it. It was just there. It was always just there. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah. And we don't realize sometimes how much weight that is actually that we're carrying because we're holding on to those things. I think, I mean, I don't know. It's just my kind of philosophy, but sometimes when we can get rid of that stuff, there's a little bit of weight that comes off us, but we don't even realize that it's there until it's gone sort of thing yeah but how I mean how how did he approach that in terms of asking you to kind of deal with that stuff like it must have been awkward for him I would think yeah it was um a hard thing for him for both of us at the beginning because you know we were still new together we didn't know like oh you know are we gonna be together for a long time like it was still fairly new um, so I don't think he really like asked me like, Hey, can you get these clothes out of the closet? Like I did it because he was like moving in and stuff. And like, I just felt like it was time and the right thing to do. Respectful. Yeah. 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 So, um, little by little, you know, I, I packed everything up and just put it like in the storage room. I don't know, this whole time, like, I just felt guilty getting rid of stuff. I didn't want to like erase his memory or something like that, like forget about him. So there was a Mm -hmm. lot of things that I had to work through. Um, He had a truck that he had left behind, which was in the backyard. And for a long time, I was hesitant to get rid of it. Um, Did you drive it? No, it was not drivable. It was like, it was just sitting there for five years. So it wasn't drivable anymore. Um, so it, I fixed, I couldn't fix it. Like the dog has like eaten the wires at the bottom of it or something it scratched it all up. Um, so it would have cost too much. So I just, I had to sell it, had to give it away. It's, it is, it is really hard to deal with all that stuff. Like my, my husband, he, he, uh, he died at work and he always parked his work truck out front 
And I just said, I was like, I, I just return it. It was a lease. I was like, just return it. I don't want it. I don't want it back here. It cannot be parked in front of this house more for my kid's sake, because yeah. it's like those things. It's hard. I think the, the whole idea of, of someone's memory, yes, it's important to you, but like, you'll know what you're holding on to. It's when you have these little beings that you want to remember their dad and, and trying to decide you know, like what is important to hang on to for them. Tisha helps me go through the only things of Warren's that I got rid of. And I was like, I don't know, is this something important? Like, are they going to want this suit someday? I don't know. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. So like a truck that's always there, like that, that feels like a lot. Yeah, it was. So at first I had just moved everything to the storage room. Um, and then after a few years, um, we cleaned out that storage room and, you know, I like got rid of stuff. I gave all of his clothes back to his mom. Um, and then I did save like some knickknacks for the kids, like little things that they would want to keep. They're very, especially mm -hmm. the older one, she's very attached to him. Um, she very early on, she would like write him notes like, hey, how are you, dad? um she whenever you say like oh sh you look like your dad or she looks like her dad she gets very proud and she like lights up and she's like um but um the, old, the younger one didn't really know him but the oldest one is more attached to him so just making sure they have something to hold on to from him yeah um is important basically got rid of pretty much everything um but very happy now with my husband and creating our mm -hmm. own life and family together. Um, he knows it's always like just the piece that I have a part of me, a history of me. Um, and we've both kind of grow, grown to like deal with it or accept it or mm -hmm. just it's something there, right? It's just a piece of me and he accepts it now. At first it was hard for him to kind of like he was like, oh, you know, that was your first person and you love him so much and you can't get rid of him. Um, but we worked through it. Yeah. And and you won't get rid of him. It will be a, a piece of you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I feel yeah, like I read sure. something so, somewhere where like, yes, when someone's died, you, no one's made the choice to like end a relationship. But who do you meet in life when you get to a certain age that hasn't? had a love before, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was sort of thinking that, you know, I haven't had any exes that that died, but it's still part of who you are because there mm -hmm. was this other relationship and through relationships, you learn a lot about yourself, about what you like, what you don't like, how you interact, how you deal with conflict. All of those things are kind of, you do carry them with you. And when you've loved somebody that does kind of, it does stay with you. Um, I do think when, when you haven't had that opportunity to really see the relationship through though, there's a, a different element there. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Because you didn't get that, that closure that people get when they go through a breakup, even yeah. if it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Um, it yeah. is a little bit different, but, um, you, um, struggled financially for a number of years. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I was, 
obviously a single mom. Um, and I was a waitress. So I earned like less than minimum wage and I, I earned tips. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I believe I only worked like a couple of days because I was also in school, but I like to say that I was living tax refund to tax refund because I would get a good yearly tax refund um, because of my kids. Like I would get a good amount back and then I would stash that in my savings and always pull from it. But I was like, oh, you know, I'm good. Like I have money saved. I have money in my bank account. So I was like, I'm, I'm good with money, you know? but I was constantly pulling from it. I never realized that I was living paycheck to paycheck. I was spending more than I was making and then constantly pulling from over here Mm -hmm. um, from my savings. And then once that was getting like a little bit low, then I would get another tax refund the next year. And I was, it was the same kind of cycle for a while, you know, five or six years. I was like, Oh, I just don't work enough to, make enough money to be able to save money. Right. I was like, this is just my situation right now. I'm just a waitress. I'm going to school full time. So I just, I can't, you know, this is just what I'm dealing with. Right. And and I thought it was normal. I thought this is just how everybody lives. Um, I had no clue that I was living paycheck to paycheck. So um, that, and so many people live like that. Like Mm -hmm. they do. So, you know, to think this is just how everybody lives, I mean, it's not completely inaccurate because there are so many people who live like that. Um, I'm sure some of our listeners live like that. Um, It is interesting to hear you refer to it as tax refund to tax refund. I mean, I have to think that the fact that there's an element of you maximizing on that money as you did that a lot of people wouldn't. I feel like. I don't know. I didn't have kids or anything. When I'd get a big tax refund, I, it would be a windfall. I'd spend it right away. <laughs> yes, that's what I was going to say. Whenever I got a tax refund, I spent it. Maybe I put a little towards my credit card debt because I, you know, would, would go out and put it on my credit card, yeah. buy the new dress, buy some drinks, whatever. And then you have to, I mean, you have to pay it off eventually, but the tax refund, I don't think ever went to savings. So it is responsible. I mean, you had children as well. So there is, you know, you are being sort of financially responsible by taking it away, but you were never able to build it because you're always drawing from that to support your lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Um, why I was like, Oh, I just, I just don't make enough money. Like this is normal to constantly be pulling from here. Like this is okay. And my mom had, uh, my mom was, was, has been really good with money or she still is. So she kind of tried to like, tell me, um, she, when I got my first credit card, she went with me and she was like, just pay off the balance every single month. And I was so scared to get a new credit card. I was like, oh my God, like I'm not using this. I used it like for gas only and would pay it off right away. So I was just scared of using it um, because I don't even know because of the things you hear, like mm-hmm. you want to get into and debt. stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know. I didn't know. 
So yeah, she took me like to get my debit card like way early. And then my first credit card, I was like, oh my God, I never really had like any sort of debt. Um, I bought like a new washer and dryer, which was like my big, my first big purchase as an adult. And she was just like, just pay whatever the minimum is. She's like, if it was like $25, she's like, just pay $50 or $100 every month, just set it on auto payment. And I was like, okay, like, like, that's what I did. So she kind of, I didn't understand, I didn't really understand what I was doing. Like, and she just told me do this. And I was like, okay, like, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, I was like, she knows best. I'm just going to listen to her. But, um, and then too, when, um, I don't know how old I was, I had the two kids, I must have been like, maybe 18 or 19. I don't know. But she took me to the bank. And she's like, we're going to open up a college savings account for your kids. I was like, okay, cool. Let's, let's do it. Um, and I was sitting there, like she was talking with the banker. I was just sitting there. Um, I didn't know what they were talking about. They were 529 college funds, tuitions. And I was like, okay. Sure. I thought we were just opening up. Yeah. I was like, okay. I was like, I thought we were just opening up like a savings account that my kids could not touch until they went to college. I had no idea I was investing. I did not know what was going on. So that's something I have already set up for my kids. I just automatically contribute to it, um, which I'm super thankful that she helped me um, help me set that up. So yeah, I have that for my kids. And then, oh, and then I, my new car was also one of my newer purchases as an adult. Um, it was $2,500. Again, she told me just pay this amount of money every month. And every time you get like an influx of money, just send a couple thousand. So I was able to pay off my car in like four years. Um, but even though I was, I paid off my car like fast, I was not tracking my expenses. I was not paying attention to where all my other money was going. Um, I was just, I was just spending money wherever and whatever. I wasn't keeping track of anything. So when my husband, when he first moved in here, like I said, it was the same house where the baby daddy was at. And so he was like, Oh, I don't know, like, I really want to live here. And so we were like, okay, well, let's buy a new home. <laughs> and this, it was yeah, like our first year together. Yeah. So we're like, okay, let's, let's start the process. So we, um, we started looking at homes and we made an offer on one or two of them. We did all the paperwork. We were so scared. Like, what are we signing? Like we're going through all these papers, signing stuff. We're like, what are we doing? Um, And she was like, you're going to need at least like a $10,000 down payment. And we were like, well, we, I had it. I had $10,000, but that was like everything I owned. I was like, do I really want to like spend all this money and then like not have anything. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was, yeah, yeah, that was everything we had. So I was, I was scared. I was like, we're not ready. Like what if a car breaks down? What if something happens? Like, I don't have Mm -hmm. any money. So um, we did not get the house that we offered on. Um, I say fortunately, because we were not ready. We didn't know what we were doing. So many people 
will get themselves, I think, in situations where they're not ready. Yeah. And emergencies happen and they don't have the money to cover it. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I think sometimes people like think, oh, you know, I'll just have a mortgage that I'll have to pay for the next 40 years. Like I can pay that. But um, I don't know. There's a lot more that goes into it. The down payment's a huge chunk and you have to consider all the other household expenses that go into it. Um, So when we didn't get the house, I was like, okay, like I cannot do this. Like we need to be adults. I want to move soon um so let me figure out my finances like why can't I save money like what like what's going on so I started budgeting um my own money because we he didn't want like joint money yet and he didn't want me to control his money yet so I was like fine I'll just budget my own money um still kind of like to this day, we kind of have, since we just got married, we haven't combined finances yet. Um, We're kind of like talking about what, how we're going to go about that. Mm -hmm. But for the whole relationship, Mm -hmm. um, we kind of had like this deal that I paid for groceries and like household stuff. And he would pay any time that we would eat out and then he would pay me rent. Um, So that was kind of like our deal. Um, so I started budgeting and figuring out what my money was doing and I was able to start saving up and start figuring out how to save money, right? Where all my money was going. I mean, I think it's a question that so I've asked myself, so many of us have asked ourselves, like, where is all my money going? Mm-hmm. I bought, um, my husband and I bought a cottage four years ago now. And we kept crunching the numbers and we kept crunching the numbers and we're like, we can afford this. How can we afford this? And if we can afford like another house, where has our money been going before this? Because we weren't budgeting. Mm -hmm. We weren't really looking at the numbers. Like, like if I can afford a second house, why don't I have all this money in, in savings? Why don't I have all this money? Like at the end of every month and that's exactly why because we just we spend it's so easy when you tap that card mm-hmm. right like my I feel like my kids have no idea about money yeah it's so easy they just see money <laughs> tapping her card I go to the grocery store I tap my card there's no exchange it's so easy and then how do you keep track of it when we do when I do give them allowance I it's been on hold this summer um half of Mm -hmm. their allowance they have to put in their piggy bank and then they get a jar that they can put the other half in that that's that that when they have whatever they want to spend on something that's where it has to come from because I feel like I mean I don't do that I'm horrible with money um but I I'm trying to like get them in a better to have a better mindset about it because I know it's something that I need to fix so I want I like my goal is to start them at a young age with a better sense of it, because especially going around now, they don't have any idea because you're just tapping. And especially since COVID, right? It's like, nobody carries cash anymore. (laughs) Just shows up. You buy stuff online. They don't even see any exchange. It just shows up at your door, right? (laughs) But you paid paid for that? Oh my goodness. I mean, 
yeah, it's crazy. I remember my children take piano lessons. And at one point I was bringing checks because I prepay for the year. And my daughter's like, what are these for? I'm like, oh, it's, you know, they're, this is, I'm paying your piano teacher. She's like, you pay for this? Yeah. Yes. Did you think that she just did this out of the kindness of her heart? Yes. I pay for you to take piano lessons. This isn't a free like community service, but they'd never seen it. And they don't know because I guess I haven't, you know, done a great job talking to them about money. Um, but it's, it was a good lesson for me um, to realize that maybe they were taking some of those things for granted and not realizing that we're paying for those and these things cost money. And, um, you know, cause we've all been there. Where's all this money going? So where was all your money going? I couldn't tell you <laughs> drunk. I don't know. Makeup. I have no idea. Um, just random stuff. Really? Like it was probably stuff that I don't even have anymore. Like those random things add up. Yeah eating out a lot. Yeah. So yeah, I figured, figured out where my money was going and it took me a while to like start controlling my spending. It wasn't just boom, like I got it. Um, took me a few months to really reel everything in, um, and, and start controlling everything. Then, um, you know, I started saving little by little and now I started budgeting three years ago is when I like put my foot down. I was like, okay, I'm doing this. And the last, I want to say like, yeah, the last two years, the first year was me figuring it out. And then the, these last two years were me just, um, so I consistently save at least around 50% of my income every month. Sometimes it's like 45, it's always like around there. So that I think that's a huge accomplishment for it me. Is. Um, just being able to save that. Yeah. Um, and then I just, I have like a house down payment fund for that new house that we're trying to move into. Um, and then a wedding fund because we're still trying to have a reception next year. Um, and yeah. So I also, and you're planning to pay cash for those things. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So we have, yeah, we, we each contribute $500 a month to the wedding fund. So we were supposed to get married originally this November, but it got pushed back to next year. So if we will have $12,000 by this November, if we continue saving, we'll have the 2,400, I don't 24,000. Sorry. I don't think we'll need that much, but I don't know how this wedding planning is going to go. So Everything is going to cost like three times what it should in real life. That's how weddings go, according to my father. <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah. yeah. Don't say the word wedding. Don't say yeah. wedding. <laughs> yeah. Jo my, my husband, when we were getting married, he's like, I swear, if you say wedding, they just double the price. <laughs> like, if you just need flowers and you don't tell them it's for a wedding, it's one price. If you say wedding, I don't think that's actually true, but. <laughs> you know, that was, that was the running joke. Cause it just, it adds up and it's so easy. I think that's one of the areas where people can get carried away with overspending and yeah, you know, we, we think we deserve these things. It's our one day, you know, you only get married once. And so we think we, we deserve them and we should have them. And it's, 
And I think a lot of couples set themselves up from the beginning to have financial hardship. They're in debt because of their wedding. And maybe you get some money back because people give you money as gifts, Mm -hmm. but maybe you don't. My husband and I paid for our wedding. His parents helped a little bit. Um, They paid the bar bill, which is big. It's a chunk, (laughs) but we paid for the wedding ourselves. And so, yeah, yeah, there were a lot of money. So that's a lot. I'm planning 10,000. I'm planning 10,000 with my budget. I'm already married. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we're just going to have the celebration. Yeah. So how did all of this transition into your coaching? Okay. So, um, my Instagram started off as a hobby, um, like three years ago when I started budgeting, I would like post stuff on my personal page. Like this is how I'm budgeting or, you know, like my calendar or, you know, me tracking my expenses or something like that. And I felt like I was annoying people. I don't know. I was really into it. So I was like, well, let me just make another Instagram and whoever wants to follow me from my personal can go over here. Um, And yeah, I would just post um, obviously my budgeting story, sometimes like decluttering stuff because those two things can kind of go hand in hand or by Mm -hmm. being more minimalist, like being more purposeful of what you were actually buying instead of just going out and buying junk. Um, So I was, doing some stuff on there and I don't know it just kind of evolved into helping others figure out their own finances and getting their own stuff organized um so did you have like a lot of people through that contacting you and asking for like help or advice um or like yeah Yeah, I've had a few people and then I have a coaching program that um, I ran like a few rounds of. So I've had clients go through the coaching program and then I've also had one-on-one coaching for um, like if you need specific help, we'll just talk about what you need help with. So Mm. yeah, it's been good. It's been fun and exciting. Um, Just being able to help others and have them have their own aha moment, like that's where all my money's been going or I always get the, oh my God, I spent how much on eating out? Like people, I don't know. Sometimes they're like, oh, I just, I'll just look at my bank account. I, I have an idea of, you know, how much what I'm there. spending money on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it really makes a difference when you, I always tell them to print out their last couple months bank statements and go through it, highlight what categories is what. And they're like, usually people are always like, oh my God, like, I spent I no idea. how much on what? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, um, that's, I feel like I need to work with you, Andrea. I'm embarrassed to say, oh, no. yeah, come on. We can work together. I imagine you probably had a lot of people as you were going through your budgeting, um, stuff like that, who were saying similar things to Jen, who were like, oh my gosh, I need to do this. I'm sure a lot of it resonated with people you um, actually had posted something, I think it was in your Instagram stories today. And you said, um, I'm obviously paraphrasing, but you were talking about how you didn't really have a lot of money, but you wanted to keep up the appearance that you weren't Mm -hmm. broke. So you still kind of like 
had the new car, had your nails done, new clothes. It was something mm-hmm. to that effect. And that um, pre-minimalist me was, I mean, it made so much sense to me. I was like, yes, I get this. Yeah. And I imagine a lot of people who saw that story today were like, yep, been there, right? Like, maybe I don't really have a lot of money, but I'm still going to buy that new top or whatever it is, pull the money from savings, put it on my credit card. You know, it's only $30. Maybe you think you're buying a shirt or, and you don't realize how much those things add up. Add up. And as you said, it's, I I was spending money on stuff. I don't even have anymore. So I think a lot of people get like stuck in that trap or maybe don't even realize it. Um, And just like Instagram and Facebook, stuff like that plays a huge role. Like when you're going through there, seeing your peers and this person has a new car and this person has a new this. And it's just like, well, I got to keep up. I, yeah. And we're constantly being marketed. Oh, yeah. Too. That too. It's everywhere. That too. Right. You get the ads that are popping up as well. And like you said, people post about their new purchases. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not just peers, but also stores. Right. Well, also I was going to say too, I think there's a big piece when you're grieving, like spending money, as like a means of um, a pick me up it's a means of coping like I can definitely speak personally to that when you buy something new there's a little there's a little thrill that that adrenaline yeah right instant gratification and that boost when like the package comes or whatever and like yeah absolutely you know we just get caught in that cycle of of chasing right of always chasing that adrenaline rush of having the new item or and like online shopping too I've so many times I'm like I'm bored what can I buy yeah you know like that's something I'm I'm unlearning yeah and just open your phone and start looking at see what what you can buy you're not looking for anything particular you're just browsing yeah Right. You get that, you get that email that tells you there's a sale at your store. Gotta buy it. Yeah. Those those are things, um, obviously like marketers know what they're doing to us. Obviously that's their job for us to fall for that and for buy to buy things. Um, so it's up to us to, be aware of that and know that. Yeah. And yeah. so um, it's hard sometimes to like figure out because sometimes we don't know, we don't pay attention. We just want to buy. We don't know why we're buying. We don't know, like maybe, oh yeah, I'm sad. This will help me, but that's not something we think about really. I imagine that's something that you help coach people with is how do we kind of unlearn these behaviors? How do we even recognize mm-hmm. them? Because it is, it's so subconscious. Yeah, for sure. I I, yeah, I do have a um, couple modules in my program where it talks just exactly about that money mindset. Why do we spend the way that we spend? What triggers us? Um, why mm-hmm. do my emotions prompt me to want to spend? And then identifying those within yourself and being able to say, um, do I really need this? Or am I just spending money because I'm sad? 
I'm trying to like change how I'm feeling right now. Yeah. Like, oh, you know what? I don't really need that. Let me just find something else to do, like not spend money. Right. I love that, um, that you're, you're like living what you're teaching. Like you've gone through it all and these goals that you have to like pay for your wedding in cash. And, you know, I think they're really relatable things that most people would ideally like in a perfect world want to be able to do and probably feel like they can't. And I think just based on your story alone, that you came through the hardships that you had early in your adult life and are at this place where you're actually now owning a restaurant with your mother and coaching people through this kind of stuff. Like it's really inspiring. And I feel like it applies to so much of what we're talking about here because there's such a big, like you said, mindset when it comes to how we spend. And oftentimes it is in response to when we're going through something that's hard or uncomfortable, right? Where, um, so where, where do you like go from here? Do you want to like expand your coaching business? Like what, or are you like good and, and like, what, what, what are you looking at moving forward? So I will be doing another round of, it's called the money boss program. Hopefully within the next couple months, I got to make sure I have everything prepped behind the scenes. Um, so that will be coming up. Uh, if you are interested, just definitely hit me up on Instagram or just mm-hmm. follow me on there. I'll have a lot of information on there in the next coming month or two. Um, but yeah, if you ever need help figuring out your finances, obviously give me a follow. If we are compatible, if you are into it, you can DM me and say, Hey, I'd love to work with you. And then we can just chat about what you're struggling with and see if we're a perfect fit to work together. I'm super passionate about like letting other people know that being financially stable, I believe is possible for everyone. It just takes effort and work. If you are willing to put in work and start controlling your, your, your spending. It's, it's hard to do. I know it's hard to do. And some people Mm. are just like, Oh, I'm just minimum wage. I'm just on, I'm, you know, I don't make enough money to be able to budget, to be able to save. I just, I can't do it. I've been in debt my whole life. My parents have always been in debt. I've never seen anything different. I just want you to know if you're hearing this and if that resonates with you in any type of way, that it is possible for you to track your expenses and know where your money's going and yeah. start. I think that's just a start, right? Like yeah. even if you don't yeah. have a lot of money, still track it, know where it's going. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, I, I, I always say, if you feel like you make not a lot of money, it's that much more important for you to know where every single dollar is going. If you are living on less then you have to make sure that you are on top of that money that you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And making the most of it. Thank you so much for sharing that with us today. I was going to ask you what you think like the first step is, but I think you already answered that, which is amazing. And just in your story, what do you think is one thing you would hope that listeners could take away from that? 
or learn from you. So kind of what I was um, just talking about, if you feel like you are at rock bottom, if you through any kind of situation, um, I feel like anyone can kind of overcome and try and get through that one small step at a time. Um, And it's possible and being financially stable is, is so important. Um, you know, and it feels world, good. Yeah, the world revolves around money. Money's always going to be a part of your life. So it's so important for you to learn how to manage your finances. I cannot like mm-hmm. say that enough. And to have a start, healthy relationship. Yes. Right? Yes. Like to have a mm-hmm. like you said money is always going to be there. So how are we going to have a healthy relationship with it because it's yeah. not going anywhere. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Now What? If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think would love it. Until next time, remember, your hard times are the chance to write another chapter.